Thank you for downloading A Jigsaw Guide to Life with Alec McClellan. Hi, I'm Tim Donnelly. Welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us today. How can an atheist stand with both feet planted in midair? Alec has a passion for pursuing truth, practicing tolerance, and promoting critical thinking. An author and a speaker, you can find out more about Alec and his resources at www.alexmcclellan.com. Research shows atheism is on the increase across America, but it's a worldview without foundation, without answers to life's toughest questions. On today's program, Alec shares his top 10 reasons why atheists cannot stand with both feet planted in midair. Some say they lack reasons to believe in the existence of God, but this doesn't lead to atheism. At best, this leads to agnosticism, where the most we can know is that we don't know. Absence of evidence is not the same as evidence of absence. As one philosopher said, if lacking reasons to believe God exists leads to atheism, then my cat must be an atheist. Well, here's my top 10 reasons why atheism as a worldview cannot stand because it has both feet planted in midair. And fasten your seatbelts because here we go. Number 10. Number 10 is how do you get something from nothing? How do you get something from nothing? You could ask, why is there something rather than nothing? But the fact we have something raises the question, how do you get something from nothing? Physicist Lawrence Krauss is an atheist who wrote a book called A Universe from Nothing. But like other atheists, when you dig deeper, you find out that nothing doesn't really mean nothing. Nothing really means something, which raises the question, why call it nothing? In 2008, I got to speak at the Scottish Parliament and this was one of the points that I made. Something from someone makes a lot more sense than something from nothing. Number 10, ask the atheist, how do you get something from nothing? Number 9, how do you get life from non-life? How do you get life from non-life? Scientists can study life but science has no answer for how life sparked into existence. Listen to this article from Scientific American. This is the longest running scientific journal in the US. Scientists are so dissatisfied with conventional theories of life's beginning, they speculate that aliens came to Earth in a spaceship and planted the seeds of life here billions of years ago. This notion is called directed panspermia. Science has no idea how life sparked into existence. Now, to say it's happened somewhere else, you're not really answering the question or solving the problem. You're just moving the problem somewhere else because how did life spark into existence there if it didn't happen here? But you get the point. Number nine, ask the atheist, how do you get life from non-life? Number eight, how do you get mind from matter? How do you get mind from matter? How did conscious human beings emerge from unconscious matter. Well, listen to atheist Richard Dawkins reflect on this. The universe could so easily have remained lifeless and simple, just physics and chemistry, just the scattered dust of the cosmic explosion that gave birth to time and space. The fact that it did not, the fact that life evolved out of literally nothing, some 10 billion years after the universe evolved literally out of nothing. 
is a fact so staggering that I would be mad to attempt to do it justice. And even that is not the end of the matter. Not only did evolution happen, it eventually led to beings capable of comprehending the process by which they comprehend it. Dawkins is speechless. At least he said there are no words to do justice. And yet he attempts some. Listen to this. It may be that the origin of life is not the only major gap in the evolutionary story that is bridged by sheer luck, said Dawkins. The origin of the cell, the origin of consciousness. Yet since we're alive, our planet has to be one of the intensely rare planets that has bridged all three gaps. According to atheism, how do you get something from nothing? How do you get life from non-life? How do you get mind from matter? Well, we just got incredibly lucky. Number eight, ask the atheist, how do you get mind from matter? Number seven, how do you get design without a designer? How do you get design without a designer? Just watch any documentary on the wonders of the natural world and it's peppered with the word design because people see evidence of design everywhere. Some of our best technology came from something called biomimicry. And that is people look at something in nature and say, wow, that's amazing. I wish we'd thought of that. And they copy it and they reproduce it. Do people really believe that these amazing mechanisms, things that our top tech people couldn't even dream of, all came about as a result, ultimately, of a random unguided mechanism? Number seven, ask the atheist, how do you get design without a designer? Number six, how do you solve the problem of evil? How do you solve the problem of evil? The problem of evil is normally raised as the greatest objection to belief in the existence of God. But rejecting the existence of God doesn't solve the problem. It causes an even bigger one. If there is no God, there is no evil. Listen again to Richard Dawkins. In a universe of blind physical forces and genetic replication, some people are going to get hurt. Other people are going to get lucky. And you won't find any rhyme or reason in it, nor any justice. The universe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is, at bottom, no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. DNA neither knows nor cares. DNA just is. And we dance to its music. Number six, ask the atheist, how do you solve the problem of evil? Number five, how can life be insignificant? How can life be insignificant? I used to be a chaplain in my local high school in Scotland. And I remember one day sharing this with the students in the high school. If there is no God and we live in a godless universe, every student is simply a speck in a vast universe. Every student is utterly insignificant. Here's the irony. Schools teach every student is valuable. Every life is significant. I applaud this. We need to share this with young people today. But the fact is it doesn't follow from a godless worldview. And atheists have to own it. According to atheism, you are a speck. You're not special. Number five, ask the atheist, how can life be insignificant? Number four, how can life be meaningless? How can life be meaningless? 
If you mention that according to atheism, life is meaningless, an atheist will quickly respond, my life's not meaningless. So I want to clarify, I'm talking about according to atheism, life is objectively meaningless. It can mean something to the individual, but I'm talking about the bigger picture. Meaning is just an illusion. And no one put it more eloquently than 20th century atheist Bertrand Russell. Listen to his words. That man is the product of causes which had no prevision of the end they were achieving. That his origin, his growth, his hopes and fears, his loves and his beliefs are but the outcome of accidental collocations of atoms. That no fire, no heroism, no intensity of thought and feeling can preserve an individual life beyond the grave, that all the labours of the ages, all the devotion, all the inspiration, all the noonday brightness of human genius are destined to extinction and the vast death of the solar system and that the whole temple of man's achievement must inevitably be buried beneath the debris of a universe in ruins and all these things, if not quite beyond dispute, are yet so nearly certain that no philosophy which rejects them can hope to stand. Only says Russell, only within the scaffolding of these truths, only on the firm foundation of unyielding despair, can the soul's habitation henceforth be safely built. According to atheism, ultimately, life is meaningless. Death is inevitable. This entire universe is destined for oblivion. Everyone and everything will be forgotten and mean absolutely nothing. Here's the rub. If life is truly meaningless, why can't we live like this? Why do we hope for so much more? We expect life to be meaningful. We need life to be meaningful. We do whatever we can to find meaning in our life. Number four, ask the atheist, how can life be meaningless? Number three, how can there be no human freedom? How can there be no human freedom? In a world without God, there is no human freedom. If the physical world is all there is and we're just a bunch of physical stuff, we are determined by nature and nurture, by our genes and our environment. Just like any complex machine, we'll do whatever we are programmed to do. Now, we can understand the influence of nature and nurture. We're influenced by our genes. We're influenced by our environment. And yet we understand what it is like to choose, to still make choices. In fact, sometimes we choose to go against the flow. But according to atheism, every action is determined by forces outside of our control. Freedom is an illusion. Listen again to Dawkins who pointed out, everything that we do, we're just dancing to our DNA. Number three, ask the atheist, how can there be no human freedom? Number two, how can there be no human identity? How can there be no human identity? This is one of my favourites. According to atheism, when a human being is just a bunch of physical stuff, there's no continuity of human identity through physical change. In other words, because your physical body is always changing, you're not the same person from one moment to the next. Wow! <laughs> Listen to computer scientist Steve Grand. Think of an experience from your childhood. Something you remember clearly, something you can see, feel, maybe even smell, as if you were really there. After all, you really were there at the time, weren't you? How else would you remember it? But here is the bombshell, he says. 
you weren't there. Not a single atom that's in your body today was there when that event took place. Matter flows from place to place and momentarily comes together to be you. Whatever you are, therefore, you're not the stuff of which you are made. That doesn't make the hair stand up in the back of your neck. Read it again until it does, because it's important. Steve Grant points out every moment, your physical stuff is changing. Cells are dying, they're being renewed. You're not the same person from one moment to the next if you're just a bunch of physical stuff. And that doesn't even make sense. Number two, ask the atheist, how can there be no human identity? And we arrive at number one. Here's number one. How can there be no basis for rationality? How can there be no basis for rationality? According to atheism, our, our brain evolved as a survival mechanism. It's purely pragmatic. It was built to survive. It wasn't designed to tell the truth. In other words, every atheist who defends atheism is effectively sawing off the branch they're sitting on. If human, if human rationality emerged from irrationality, there's no basis for human rationality. Listen to philosopher John Gray. If Darwin's theory of natural selection is true, the human mind serves evolutionary success, not truth. Humans cannot be other than irrational. Curiously, this is a conclusion that few rationalists have been ready to accept. So if you believe atheism is true, you have no reason to believe atheism is true, which is a worthy number one and my top ten list of reasons why atheism cannot stand with both feet planted in midair. Number 10, how do you get something from nothing? Number 9, how do you get life from non-life? Number 8, how do you get mind from matter? Number 7, how do you get design without a designer? Number 6, how do you solve the problem of evil? Number 5, how can life be insignificant? Number 4, how can life be meaningless? Number 3, how can there be no freedom and responsibility? Number 2, how can there be no human identity? And number 1, how can there be no basis for rationality? And that should give the atheist something to think about. Thank you for joining us. You can find out more about Alec and his resources at alexmcclellan.com. That's www.alexmcclellan.com. I'm Tim Donnelly, and thanks for listening to A Jigsaw Guide to Life with Alec McClellan.